This is an ABC podcast. I think most people don't really believe that their partner is capable of that. It was devastating. It was really devastating. A week after our wedding, I noticed that he's been cheating on me. I definitely thought I would be a person who wouldn't tolerate cheating, that I would leave. I said, pick your shit up and get the fuck out of my house. And that was the last time we ever spoke. Rooting around is as inescapable as laundry and taxes. While humans all around the world make promises to be with each other through sickness and health, to be loyal to the exclusion of all others, well, (laughs) even right now as we speak, someone is dicking around and someone is being dicked around on. A few years ago on Ladies We Need To Talk, we did an episode called Women Who Cheat. It's still there on the feed if you want to go back and have a listen. After it came out, we got an avalanche of feedback from you wanting to talk about how it feels to have your partner betray you. So, hey, hey, guess what? I'm Yumi Steins. Ladies, we need to talk about being cheated on. Shakira's fella must have gone and done it because she sang, Don't tell me you're sorry, it sounds sincere, but I know you well and I know you're lying. English singer Adele said, When you look at me, I wish I was her because her partner was also thinking of another woman. And listen, even if you don't care, you know the woman Beyonce's fella fooled around with was Becky and that she had good hair. From Taylor Swift to Rihanna, Beyonce to Britney, every queen, no matter how shiny her crown, has sung some version of this song. Being cheated on creates big feelings. It really pulls the rug out from under you. Meet Sarah. She was in her early 30s when she was cheated on not once, but twice in a row by different partners. And both times they were living together. It was devastating. It was really devastating. And I think the first time around it hurts, but the second time around, sorry, it really, it really knocked me off my feet. So here's the scene. All seems tranquil. Sarah and her partner, let's call him Jay-Z, They're snuggled together watching a popular reality TV franchise where the contestants are seeking love and talking about love. And I turned around and I said, what does love mean to you? And at that moment, he sort of went into a bit of a tailspin and he sort of started coming out with all this babble like oh I I, I don't know um I actually don't know how I feel about you and and it just kind of spiraled and within about a half an hour he told me that he didn't want to be with me anymore and I was just in shock because it seemed to come completely out of left field. Trying to process the conversation and organize her thoughts Sarah confided in a friend whose first instinct was that Jay-Z might have been unfaithful. At first, Sarah dismissed the idea outright, but then the cogs started turning. My sister came over and his laptop was there and she said, you know what, just look in his laptop. She goes, you're never going to know otherwise. 
And all I had to do was look at the search history and it said, should I break up with my girlfriend if I've cheated on them? Oh, my God. If you have to ask the internet a question like that, mate, I reckon you're cooked. Later that week, Sarah confronted Jay. I said, when were you going to tell me that you cheated on me? And he looked like a bunny in headlights completely. And then it all came out. And I wanted to know everything. I know that some people don't, but I did because I felt like if I knew everything, then there'd be no more unanswered questions in my mind. And I think when you're cheated on, they're the things that you'll keep playing over and over. And so I wanted to have it all out on the table. An added blow? Turns out Sarah knew the other person. It was all quite painful. But the interesting thing about it I found was in the midst of that very challenging conversation that his concern wasn't for me. His concern was the feelings of this other woman that he had slept with. And at that point when I realised that, that there was no empathy for my pain, I said, pick your shit up and get the fuck out of my house. And that was the last time we ever spoke. Sarah moved on. And although she wasn't looking for love, sure enough, she fell hard for a different guy. Let's call him JT. And what started as a fling got serious pretty quickly. Sarah eventually moved into state to live with him. She says they were really, really in love, and he knew how Sarah's last relationship had ended. Then one day, while she was overseas on her own, Sarah's phone lit up with JT's name. He said to me, I've made a really big mistake. Wait, what? It was quite a shock to me again. It unfolded that he'd gone to a party and hooked up with an ex-girlfriend who I knew, he knew me again. Come on, JT! There was just, I think, unfinished business between them. I think actually she was the one for him. And it's just unfortunate that I think I got in the in the crossfires or the crosshairs of that complication, I suppose. Sarah's wounds were immediately reopened. I think when we talk about infidelity and when we talk about cheating, it's often this kind of sexy, illicit affair and it's in that way. But I think what doesn't get talked about, excuse me, and the reason that I wanted to talk about it is because I suppose the damage that it can do to somebody's self-esteem and it really pulls the rug out from under you. We're talking about the breaking of trust. Christina Spacavento is a sex and relationships therapist who helps people through infidelity. The first thing to acknowledge is we're not talking about just physical contact, but we're also talking about emotional contact. First, most obvious example is that your partner steps outside of the relationship and seeks a connection with someone else of a sexual nature. But then there are other ways that people can cheat as well. Yeah, intimacy comes in countless flavours, from caring messages to slightly lingering eye contact. When someone steps outside of a relationship, often it's not a conscious choice. They're not thinking, well, I'm not happy in my relationship, so now I'm going to go out and have an affair. It's usually something that creeps up on people. Loyalty means different things to different people. 
Christina says it's important not to work off assumptions and to define what being faithful looks like early on. Most people don't have these conversations at the beginning of a relationship for no other reason that they feel so in love with each other. It feels so exciting and wonderful that these questions don't get put on the table. It's usually only when there's a crisis or something has actually gone wrong that the partnership has to actually ask these questions of each other. If you have a new relationship, talk about your expectations, talk about your boundaries, don't be scared. And maybe have these conversations while the relationship is strong or when you're feeling really safe in it. Christina says there are some common themes behind why people stray. The first reason that is really quite obvious is people are not happy in their relationship. Maybe you are not getting your needs met in the sexual relationship. If the couple can't move through it together and grow, then what happens is they start to grow apart. Can cheating sometimes just be about opportunity? Like the difference between cheaters and non-cheaters could be as simple as having a job that involves lots of travel and hotel stays. Or maybe just that moment, that available moment suddenly and unexpectedly appearing. You're absolutely right, but we all have the opportunity every day to stray, don't we? We, we all have that opportunity. I like to think about it more complexly and say, if someone is straying, there's always a reason, always a reason. Drunk and horny, is that a reason? Or what about just being a massive asshole? I know. What about just not being able to keep it in your pants? A week after our wedding, I noticed that he's been cheating on me. I want you to meet Noosh. She was a 19-year-old newlywed in Iran when she discovered that her husband had been unfaithful. When I opened the computer, I could see the chats and, like, the nudes and everything. Wow. How did that make you feel? Really disappointed. Like, right after wedding, uh, you don't expect that. So I've told my mom, and she suggested that maybe we can take therapy um, and see how we can make things work. Hmm. So that was her advice, was to stay in the marriage? Yeah, so um, my mom, she was always suggesting that let's stay, let's make things work. We got together for a reason. And, and that's kind of the narrative of that culture. Women stay and women make things work. Two years after your wedding, you and your then-husband moved to Australia. What happened after that? When we came here, my relationship with my partner changed a bit because I moved on from home, from family, from everything that I could identify with. And I came to a completely new culture and society. So my dependence towards him grew. And all of a sudden, he became more than a partner. He became my whole family. Was he loyal to you, faithful? No. For the whole nine years, there were episodes that um, I would find that. In Iran, Nusha's husband had been apologetic about the cheating. But once they got to Australia, he seemed to become more entitled. When we came here, it changed to, well, you're not good enough, well, you're not um, sexy enough, well, you're not putting that much effort into the relationship. So he blamed you? Yes. Whenever it happened, I, I was always planning to leave, but I think I didn't have the courage, so I would kind of, we, would, we would fight and... Uh, mostly my mom would get involved 
And so he would disclose something really personal about um, like our, our sex and our relationship to my mom. You know, she's not good enough, not hot enough. She's not uh, putting that much effort into a relationship and our sex life. Your ex told you that you weren't good in bed. How did that impact your self-esteem? Really bad. I didn't know that if it's true or not because I was only having sex with him and I thought that maybe it's true, maybe I'm I'm not good in bed. What was the catalyst, Noosh, for you to finally end your marriage? When I was out of the home, I was successful in my career. I was feeling positive about myself. I remember the last six months before leaving the relationship, I was coming home and I couldn't get out of the car. Like I was sitting in the car for 15, 20 minutes until I have the courage to kind of go in and say hi and then go with the routine of having dinner and everything. And I think that kind of battle that I was having, like having two different identities and really kind of that financial security as well to know that, okay, I can live by myself and I'm going to be fine. What was it like when you first started dating? I think for the first time ever in my life, I felt sexy and I could look in the mirror and like enjoy myself and be proud of the woman that I am. And I didn't even notice that once I got up in the morning, I had the music on and I was dancing naked in front of the mirror. Um, And the person that I'm with, and he just told me that when you dance naked in front of the mirror, it shows how confident you are in your body. And I remember I paused and I said, am I the same person? Like, look, look what I'm doing. (laughs) Two whole years after the separation, Noosh's mum still has the wedding photos on her wall to save face. Noosh's extended family in Iran don't know she's divorced. Despite the hefty weight of cultural and familial expectations, Noosh has found strength and sass within herself and she's excited about her future. I was having a chat with my ex's mom. I remember she said something that, that still stays with me. She mentioned that your man is like a tabletop and a woman is like the leg of that table. It's woman's responsibility to hold off the life and to keep the life together. And I remember when I moved out of that house, I didn't bring anything with me, but I kept that uh, coffee table and I still have that coffee table. And I would like to see that coffee table every day to remind myself that I'm not no one's table. (laughs) (laughs) It's really hard to predict how we will respond to infidelity until it happens to us. A 2018 Relationships Australia survey asked people whether they'd hang around if their partner was unfaithful. You might be surprised to hear that for most people, cheating wasn't necessarily a deal-breaker. 64% of men and 54% of women said that infidelity doesn't always signal the end of a relationship. Even though we'd had some problems, I think, you know, most people don't really believe that their partner is capable of that. It certainly wasn't something that I thought would ever happen. This is Laura. She was preparing for a weekend away with her husband and young child when she made an upsetting discovery. I basically found something on a device that led me to ask some pretty direct questions. It was kind of almost by chance, really. At a work party, he and a colleague had slept together. So after you found out that he cheated on you, 
did the two of you sit down and sort of thrash it out and have a reckoning about what happened and why? At the time, you know, obviously we had a conversation about what that meant, whether that was the end of our relationship. You know, like he expressed to me that no, like it was a mistake, um, you know, and he didn't want it to mean the end of our relationship and he was hoping that it wouldn't. I think in some ways actually he was relieved, but it was, I don't don't really even know how to describe it. It was incredibly distressing. The betrayal left Laura feeling shocked. She struggled to process that the man she trusted could not only cheat, but cheat and keep it a secret. She wanted to clear up all questions and all misunderstandings with her husband, but he resisted. I wanted a proper apology and it felt like there were more excuses than an apology at that point in time. So I didn't want an explanation as to why. I just wanted an acknowledgement that there's no excuse and that, you know, that you're sorry and here's how you're going to make it better. Laura and her husband went to relationship counselling and although the hurt hadn't dissipated, they both wanted to make a go of their marriage. He assured her it was a one-night thing and it was over. But Laura still had niggling doubts. After all, her husband and this other person were still working together. He was still being extremely secretive with his phone. I would ask him quite frequently. He'd deny it. So I would I guess I was almost hoping that he would just tell me. I think in my gut I, I knew. Her suspicions were confirmed when Laura got one of those phone calls. Your guts turn to ice, the room spins and your breathing stops. The call was from the woman from her husband's work. The other person contacted me to tell me that, you know, they knew that I thought it had been over for for months and, in fact, it hadn't been. So that was quite shocking, obviously, hearing from them and getting their perspective on what had been taking place. What had been going on? They were never physical again, at least in the sense of having sex. They sometimes would go out together, hold hands, things like that. Most of it was just secret messaging or talking on the phone late at night and things like that. How did that discovery change things? People talk about your life before and your life after and then it really it really feels like that because your partner who's cheated on you, you, you view them differently, at least for a time, and I viewed myself differently too because I definitely thought I would be a person who wouldn't tolerate cheating, that I would leave, and then you're kind of going through a process of, like, what am I doing? Why am I still here? I felt like a joke. It kind of just felt like I was carrying around this, like, this secret and living this fakeness and I just didn't feel valuable. I think Jess Malboy said it best. She describes looking in the mirror or maybe it's looking at your partner's face. You're staring at a different face, she says. Things are never going to be the same. We did separate after I found out that they'd continued having a relationship. That was just... An instant decision. So, Laura, when you wrote to us, you emailed, and this was a couple of years ago, you talked about betrayal and trauma. There was a lot of, definitely a lot of that sort of PTSD stuff, like just sheer panic over things, breaking down little things that even other people did or said 
reminding me, you know, and again, it's not until after something like this has happened to you, you realize how much it's in music, in pop culture, you turn on the TV, you start watching something to kind of take your mind off things and hear the main character of the story that you're watching starts having an affair with somebody. It's just that constant triggering in your day-to-day life. You know, I had a friend who I did disclose to sort of say that it had destroyed me. And so she was really concerned when after I found out the second time and we had separated when I told her we were getting back together. Yep, Laura and her husband got back together and remain a family. We really just got to a point where we kind of decided that after the history that we have together, he's still the person that I've shared a life with. He's still the person that I saw a future with. Unlike after the first discovery, this time around, Laura's husband is willing to take responsibility for what he's done. There was that remorse I'd been looking for before. There was that genuine acknowledgement of his actions as opposed to excuses and defences. And that I think that's what probably made the difference for me. I think if there had been a continuation of that same attitude of defensiveness and kind of deflecting, there wouldn't have been a hope of moving forward. So, Laura, when you hear his phone ping, does a, a moment of worry hit you? I still get a moment where I am worried or I might even ask who it is. Uh, yeah, I don't know when I don't know when to expect that to go away. I like I just love him. You know, and I think that's been the overarching thing through everything is just I still see the person who I fell in love with and the man that I married. Deciding to stay together after infidelity is one thing, but letting go is another. Like, how do you not use it as a weapon every time they, say, leave their wet towel on the floor or want to go out with the boys? Christina Spacavento again. The person who has cheated needs to make amends. You have to be there and listen to the pain and the hurt of your partner. So that's the person who's cheated. The person who has been cheated on has to go through that forgiveness process. They have to sit with themselves and ask themselves the question, do I want to move through this? Can I learn to trust this partner again and be vulnerable with them again? Those are super big questions. So how do you learn to trust again? Sarah, our friend who was cheated on twice, is now married with a baby to a whole new partner. She says, be patient. I truly believe that no matter how terrible you feel in that moment or those moments afterwards, and believe me, you do, that with time and work, you can bounce back and you can truly have beautiful relationships after that. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Gundungara, Bidjigal and Gadigal peoples. Ladies We Need to Talk is mixed by Anne-Marie de Betancourt. It's produced by Tamar Kranswick. Supervising producer is Alex Lolbach and our executive producer is Kyla Slavin. This series was created by Claudine Ryan. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Carl. And we're the hosts of the kids' podcast, Short and Curly. Each of our episodes tackles a curly question about the world. 
Like, should we try and bring back extinct animals? Is it your fault if your room is messy? And is it ever okay to lie? Plus, we have a lot of fun along the way. Well, we make a lot of fun of you, Carl. Oh. It's a podcast to get the whole family thinking and talking. Short and curly. Download it wherever you get your podcasts.